Hey there. Um, I am really excited that you chose to join us today. We're doing a little bit something different. I know that a lot of the books that we've talked about have been nonfiction, um, although we've had a couple of a uh, couple of memoirs, a couple of um, couple of children's um, fiction books. But today we're going to be talking to Liz Lazarus. She is a writer of thrillers. So we're going to talk a little bit about the process that we use. I do get a lot of questions about, um, about writing fiction. So she's going to be able to answer. Fiction is not my expertise, but she's going to be able to answer some of those questions for us. She's going to talk about her process for publishing, um, how she gets the content created for her books while she's working um, and, you know, kind of living her life. And so, so it's going to be a great conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. So um, enjoy the conversation and I'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Hey there, welcome to the Author's Way podcast, The Journey to Finding Your Voice. My name is Jennifer Wright and I am your podcast host. And today I have with me Liz Lazarus. Um, I'm really excited about the conversation with Liz. Liz is the author of three thrillers. I know we typically talk about nonfiction, um, but I've really been wanting to expand, expand our audience. And um, Liz is really the first one that we brought on that has, that has written adult fiction. I know we, we've, we've talked a little bit about some young adult fiction, but, but Liz is here. She has three, three thrillers that have been published and are available to purchase and I'll let her kind of tell about those so um welcome Liz to the podcast I'm so happy you're here and I'm excited to to talk to you about your books well thank you I, I didn't realize I was the first nonfiction, so I'll, I'll yeah. represent adult I'll have to represent us well but um yeah. yeah no thank you it's a pleasure to be here yeah yeah um so Tell us, tell us about you. Tell us about, tell us a little bit about um, the books that you've written. Sure. Well, I'm probably the most non-traditional author you will meet. Uh, my, my background is an engineering degree. I went to Georgia Tech. I spent most of my career in business at uh, G Healthcare and then a consulting firm. And I'm currently um, working at a healthcare startup where we have a medical product that we're trying to launch. So so my left brain, you know, the engineering brain works a lot. The business brain works a lot. Right. Uh, the book, the first book, Free of Malice, that I wrote came to me based on a real event. And the, the story is fiction, but it was inspired by a real event in my life. And the, the story just started to unfold to the point where I felt like I had to write it. So I actually took a leave of absence when I was at GE to, to finish the book. And I thought I was one and done, you know, one story, one story was nagging at me, one story on my bucket list, but the reception was quite good and uh, I enjoyed it. So I ended up writing a second and a third and I'm just now polishing off my fourth thriller. Oh, awesome. I love that. So how has, how has the process, I talked to a lot of writers and when they, you know, we all have to start somewhere. So I, I tell a lot of people, you know, think of every famous writer, you know, and at one point there was a, a point in time where they weren't a writer. So anyway, we all start somewhere. Have you found that doing this and, and kind of becoming a writer, becoming a published author has 
change the way you you see things at all? Yes, I, I would say it's really tested my perseverance. And, ah, and yeah. I, I've done a fair amount of things, you know, I got my MBA, I, I lived overseas, I got my pilot's license. I will tell you, getting a book published, you know, all the steps of writing it and the editing and then getting it published and marketed is, is probably the hardest thing I've had to do and has required the most perseverance. Um, so it, it's been a real test in that. And the flip side of it is, is the norms I was used to in business don't always apply to the publishing world. And so when right. you do A, B, and C, you expect D. And if it doesn't happen in the publishing world, it's really taught me to be more patient and you just um, and believe in the book. At the end of the day, you have to believe in the book and the writing. And everything else has to go to the side. Right. I love that. That's that's a great that's a great way to look at it. So did you you went the a more I hate to call it traditional because there's so many different types of publishing. But did you did you go more of what we consider more of a traditional publishing route or more um, like a self more self publishing? I, I would say hybrid because okay. I, I created a publishing company, which, you know, which is I'm used to business, right? So I, my first book, I had put out a couple query letters. Now, mind you, the format was all wrong. I've learned so much about the right way to write a query letter and not, but I only planned to do one book. So I created my own publishing firm, Mitchell Cove Publishing, to put out the first book. And I love after, that. After talking to authors, traditional or self, at the end of the day, the marketing is pretty much on you anyway. So I, uh, I decided I would just keep that route. Now I'm, I'm opening to querying or I'm talking to agents. I go to conferences, but um, I, I do want to judge the pro, pros and cons at some point, but um, so far it's, it's worked for me. Nice. I appreciate you saying that about the marketing, because I think that's probably one of the misconceptions that, that a lot of people who are entering this space um, have is, you know, if you go with a traditional publisher they're going to be the ones that get you the interviews and get you in front of in front of people but but they really do rely on the authors to do a lot of the marketing themselves i think unless you're a really big name that's yeah. where the the budgets go to is to the big names right. so um i i went on my first book tour after free of malice came out and did that myself now the good news is i was consulting so when I would travel to a city, I could also just do a stop and talk about my book or, you know, I had frequent flyer points and hotel points so I could fund some of it myself. But there is a lot to, that the author has to do themselves and it's traditional and self and everything in between. Right. Right. I think that's one of the things that I, I do appreciate about where the market's going from a self-publishing perspective um, I think it, it allows a lot of authors to, um, maintain more control, um, and, and kind of drive how they, how they do their own, their own marketing and, you know, how they get, how they get the book out. So, um, I, I, I like your story and how you, how you approach that. Uh, so, so you talked about a few minutes ago, you talked about um, 
something happened that sort of drove you to to write the book because a lot of things happen to us and not all of us write a book about it (laughs) so so what was it about that that incident that that thing and or or was it just something kind of inside of you that made you decide you've talked about all the different things I mean was it kind of like the natural thing that this is the next thing I'm going to do I've done all of these other things so this is the next thing I'm going to do so so what was it that really kind of drove you to take that um that scenario and turn it into a book so I didn't plan to write a book. Now, my, my grandfather is an author of children's books, um, right. James Garfield. He, he wrote Follow My Leader, which was, has been a very popular book. But And I was like the editor of my newspaper, but I, I went to engineering school. So I, I never planned to be an author. But when I was in college, um, the event was traumatic enough that it, it was something I, I needed to write about. And uh, so what happened, and I'll start the story with I'm fine. <laughs> and But a, a guy broke into my house when I was living off campus in the middle of the night, kicked up in my bedroom door, you know, stranger, all of a sudden four in the morning, I'm woken up by a stranger in my bedroom. And luckily I had the wherewithal to fight him off. And you, you know, you don't know what you're made of till something like that happens. It never even crossed my mind that something like that could happen. Uh, but, but luckily I fought him off. Um, and I, I don't know if he was early in his career or if I just had so much tenacity and adrenaline. And I, I can't even tell you how long the struggle lasted. But um, he left and I grabbed a can of mace, which was the only thing I had for self-defense and chased him to the door, watched him disappear into the night. And so the writing started as my journal, my reaction to PTSD, which I didn't even know what that word was. But I knew afterward, um, even though I was able to fight him off, I was afraid of the dark, couldn't sleep, didn't want to be left alone. So it was my journal. What started to spark the story was I had said to a friend, if, if I had had a gun instead of that can of mace, I would have shot him. And he said, well, you know, the way you described it, he was retreating off your property. You would have shot him in the back. That's not necessarily self-defense, it, which flabbergasted me. You know, I didn't think about, okay, there's some point where an attack turns into an aggression. Um, you know, to me, I was the victim the whole time. So it was curious for me, okay, what would have happened had I owned a gun? And then the, the real kicker, which I won't tell you the question, but my mother asked me a question uh, right afterward. And I thought, wow, that would make a crazy twist ending to a book. And mm. so I had the idea ever since this attack in college that I wanted to write this book, but I went on to do these other things on my bucket list, you know, work, working for GE and living overseas and getting my MBA. And the, the book just kept getting put to the wayside, but it, it kept knocking, it kept saying, when are you going to write me? And uh, so that's when I finally said, okay, this is a calling I can't ignore. I need to write this book. Okay. That's, you know, we use our stories in so many different ways. And I, I love it that you took, you know, this thing that happened to you and you turned it into something really creative. Yeah, that's, that's a, it, and it's a, did you find it? Um, I'm assuming you found it very therapeutic to, to really, and that I talk a lot to, I've talked to a lot of people who start may not have been quite as dramatic an experience as that, but they take their experiences and they start with journaling. They start, mm-hmm. they start with that as a way to address 
what happened to them and then they turn it into turn it into something else um, you're spot on it was yeah. it was cathartic and even I didn't go to therapy we, we didn't know I mean my, nobody was being mean we were just ignorant like the whole thought so though I didn't go to therapy when I was right after my attack I did go to therapy years later not for myself but for research I worked with a, a therapist who helped me um, learn about the specific therapy for PTSD called EMDR which stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. That's a mouthful. But uh, so I worked with her to put my character through therapy and probably ended up having my own therapy, not realizing it. But it but the whole process was was very cathartic and and enlightening. I've, I've had so many people who've read my book who didn't realize that line between self-defense and vigilanteism. And it's uh, it was educational. How did you, I, I often get this question from people and I'm not a fiction writer. I've written some fiction, but, but I'm not, you know, that's not necessarily my, um, my expertise. I do get questions from people though, about character creation. And so how did you, how did you kind of build your characters as you were, as you were creating the book? Do you have any method of, of how to sort of create like really dynamic, you know, deep characters? I, I tend to model them after people. Um, okay. So my, my first book, Laura was somewhat me, but not me. You know, mm -hmm. she was a combination of people I know. She, um, in the story, she works with a, a young black attorney because she's a journalist and she's, she doesn't know anything about the laws of self-defense. So she gets an attorney to work with her to help her write her, her story. And his name was Thomas. And I modeled him after one of my best friends from college, Thomas Barnett. So although my friend was, is a singer and a coach, he, uh, he became the lawyer character. So early on, I modeled a lot of my characters after people I knew or combinations of people I know. Mm -hmm. I've gotten more sophisticated these days and I keep a whole character journal. Mm. what do they look like what do they sound like where do they work where did they grow up what car they drive like so I keep a whole character journal and usually they're a combination of looking like someone acting like someone else but it's I morph people together to do that so you found by creating like the next book and the next book you you've actually gotten better do you feel like your characters have gotten um there's more more depth in them, or or how do you how have you seen your characters change over over the time? I think there's been maybe a little more depth. Um, mm -hmm. I think what's probably gotten the better over the time is more of my plot. Mm, and, okay, um, and then some of that comes from from having a good content editor, and I've had some uh, really yeah. good content editors. So so when you think a book is at perfection, you know be careful, give it to your content editor and there's a lot more to go. But I, I think that has helped a lot is uh, things that I didn't realize could be improved upon can be. So right. the, the order of how you bring a book to market also matters. And starting with a content editor is a big, a big idea. Okay. All right. Um, you're the three books you have right now. They're all three thrillers. Are they a, a, a series or is it the same characters or have, have you built like different, 
different storylines and different characters in your books. Right. They're, they're all different. They're they, all different. They okay. They look like a series just because the fonts are similar. Um, mm-hmm. And the titles, Free of Malice, Plea for Justice, Shades of Silence. That's kind of my onomatopoeia thing now. So, um, right. they, and even the next book is going to follow that same kind of discipline. But they're standalone characters. I know people like series. I tend to like closure. So when, ah, it, okay. when you get to the end of the book, I, I want you to be satisfied. I want you to be happy with those characters and content with their lives. And you don't necessarily need more. That that's Plus, I, I explore different locations and different scenarios. So that's easier to do with a fresh set of characters. Right, right. I do like that. And I'm, I'm like you. I do like some. There's a couple of series that I do read, but I'm I think I tend to like kind of the same way with movies I mean I want I want it to wrap up at the end yeah so yeah I'm a binge watcher because I I want a movie right and so I become a terrible series binge watcher because I want the conclusion and in series you don't get it so I've learned that about myself I gravitate much more to movies than series Uh, okay yeah all right nice uh so for for writers who are exploring the the fiction genre do you have any advice to them you talked about you know having the content editor editor um what other advice do you have for someone who's who's really looking to either enter into that space or looking to become better at it well i think you have to be passionate about the story you want to tell for me what can what, what kicks off a book is if, if I know the beginning and I know the end, all my books have a twist mm-hmm. either at the end or somewhere through it. Some of them have multiple twists. So if I know the, the beginning twists, I know the end, I know the main characters, protagonist, antagonist, then I can get started. Now, mm-hmm. some people like to outline, some people they call pantsers, right? Right by the seat of their pants. I, I outline like crazy, you know, no surprise with my engineering background, but I have a very complex Excel spreadsheet that's got the chapter, the heading, what's going to happen in that chapter, color-coded, the whole nine yards. But I like that, especially in thrillers, because if I'm dropping clues, I'm picking up those clues. So I I do a lot of note-taking that way to make sure that I give closure on every aspect, not just the big right. or the, the big surprise, but all the little pieces as well. So I think it's figure out if you're an outliner or you just write. Um, I respect people who could just write. I I couldn't. It'd be like getting in the car and not knowing where I'm driving. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's really your map. It is absolutely. Yeah, um, you know I I read a lot about authors and and their methods, and it is very interesting how to see how the different authors, um, because I've I've seen authors that do heavy outlining and heavy um like mind mapping and and those kinds of things and then I see some that just that just write and it's so interesting how the different minds work that way Mm -hmm. yeah um so when you started your book tell me first of all your first book how long did it take you to write it well that is not typical the idea I had in college and then I went and did my career and I dabbled with it sometimes on the weekends but it was it was too hard to dabble with it and then go back to work for a week and then dabble Mm -hmm. with it and I really did put it to the wayside I had so many other 
things I was interested in. When I took the leave of absence and really took, got serious about finishing it, it was about three months, which was, okay. which was really quick, but you know, it was yeah, probably because it was bottled up in me for so long. The, the other two, and now the third one have taken about half a year. They take about six months from when I say I'm really going to work on it to when I'm done with the first draft at least. Okay. All right. So when, when you're getting started and, and this may not apply to the first book because there was such a, such a period of time, what is, what is the thing? Is there something that you do? Is there some method that you use? Because I've been talking a lot about the getting started process. Mm -hmm. Is there something that you use to help you go from, I haven't started to the book to now I'm now I'm working on it because there's there we get in our headspace a lot and there's there's a lot of things that happen that keep people from starting. Mm -hmm. So is there something that you use to kind of trigger that process? So you're like now okay now the book is it's real and I'm working on it. I think maybe it's, nobody's asked me that before. It's a great question. I, I think for me it's two things. It's it's starting the outline. Mm -hmm. So I so I have my map, and it's starting with something fairly concrete that I know I can write about. So like, for example, a plea for justice, I started with taking a self-defense course. And though that wasn't the beginning of the book, that was the, that was the thing, the event that I knew I would write about and took the course and took notes. Um, the one I've just finished, the, the Sentinel event was, was a law, a legal case and I knew the case. Okay. So, and because I have an outline, I don't always have to write in order which is maybe unusual compared to other authors, but I, I don't have to write in order. So for example, with the third book, Shades of Silence, I had different people I needed to interview. I had to interview a restaurateur because my main character worked at a restaurant. I had to interview a charter pilot because the husband was a pilot. So being able to interview people and having that content and bring it home and writing about it always gave me momentum. Mm, you know, okay. I, don't, I don't think I've ever written a book just by myself. I've had to interview many people to, to write my books. Right, right. Okay. All right. And I, I love the thought of having, of it not necessarily being a linear process. I think there's a lot of people that think that, and they kind of get caught and they end up getting stuck because they're like, okay, now the next step is this. And I love the idea of having your outline. And one of the things that I, that I tell people a lot is if you get stuck in one spot, go find another spot. And Absolutely. Another spot. So I think the outline or however you map it out, whether it's an outline or a mind map, or I use sticky notes and note cards, um, however you map it out for yourself. If you have that, if you have that map, there's always something else you can go do if you're stuck on one spot. And, and for me, there was also yeah. go talk to people. I, I didn't mention yeah. it for plea for justice because my character was or no, sorry, free of malice. She was talking to a lawyer. I actually met with three different criminal defense lawyers mm. to be Thomas. So my Thomas character was the was the combination of three female lawyers. Um, so. I had people that were always giving me new content and I would always come home stoked to write after meeting with any of them because I had fresh content. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like being an investigative reporter. Yeah. Because I got content from people and then I could turn it into my fictional story. And I can really see being able to use those types of methods in, in different, it doesn't have to be just for fiction. 
Um, probably works even better for nonfiction yeah. because if you're citing references or talking to other people about your topic, absolutely. Right, right. Yeah, I love that. I love that method. So when you're, how have you found that, that there's lots more content? Have, have you ever looked at other types of writing to share some of the some of the content or have you really just stuck with fiction? Pretty much fiction. I, I did do a children's book. It's not oh, really nice. yet. And it was for my cat, my sweet, my sweet cat that we lost last year. And uh, so again, being creative is my therapy because I, I worked with an illustrator and we created a children's book called the, the life of buckwheat. And it has illustrations of him and, you know, really simple one, one line sentences for, for a children's book. And uh, that also was cathartic to get to get, you know, to get new pictures of him. After she'd done the illustration, I would give her the, the actual picture and she would then turn it into an illustration. So, but I, I don't know if I'll ever publish that or if I'm just keeping that for, for friends and for family. Um, right. But it's, I, I, the advice I have is don't, don't jump around in your genres, you know, Okay. stick to your genre or change your name because people know what they'll get like they, they know if they pick up a Liz Lazarus book that it's going to be a thriller but it's also going to be ed educational and that I've done my research and you'll get a twist ending and you'll typically get a happy ending I like to be predictable for my readers and I think if you switch genres that then what do you do your reader doesn't know what they're going to get that's I think that's good advice yeah so um Nice, nice. I love this. I love the fact that you, the the research that you do. So you do really set the expectation for your readers that, that this is not just stuff coming out of your brain. It's, you've really done the research. You really have the information for them. Um, I really enjoy reading books that have that kind of, uh, that kind of information because it, Number one, like you were saying, it's educational, um, but it also creates interest in so many other topics that I never even thought I might be interested in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of, a lot of different layers to it when you, when you take that approach. Well, and I find if, if I find it educational or something I didn't know, then I assume the readers will too. Right. Whether it's self-protection techniques or just people's career. My, my current book, the one that's in process, my main character is a vet tech. And so I, I met a woman. It was actually part of my day job. I met her. She was a rad tech, but also a vet tech. So she did radiology and veterinary and uh, found out she was a reader. And I'm like, can I pick your brain? I'm, I'm writing a story and I just happen to need a vet tech. And I find that happens to me all the time. If there's yeah. one sign I'm on the right path, it's like when I need something, it almost feels like it drops in my lap. But after she would work with me and she was a delight um, and the stories she would tell me and the things I learned about her life of being a vet tech, especially dealing with the owners, not necessarily the animals. It was just so, right. so interesting. And a lot of that is in the book. Okay. I like that. I like that. So you did mention that you have a fourth book. You're you're working on mm -hmm. uh you remind me of a lot of people the first book is 
I meet very few people that, that aren't working on a second book after they write their first book, because it becomes such a fascinating process. And you find out that you have so much more stuff to share. So, so you said at the, at first that you had not planned on, on writing more than one book. Mm-hmm. What, what sort of drove you to, to now say, okay, now I've got a second book. Now I've got a third book. Now I've got a fourth book. Mm-hmm. I imagine you probably have a fifth and a sixth. And, um, you know, once you, once you get past this next one, um, what, what have you found has sort of driven you to continue that process? Mm-hmm. Well, not only was I not writing a second one, I mean, I absolutely 100% was not writing another book. It was, it was, and my friends tease me about it now when I tell them the fourth book. And to a T, they say, I remember when you said you were never going to do another one. And because uh, it's so hard, and you know, and in writing it and getting through the editing and getting it published is. 20% then you got to do all the marketing so it, it was just so hard and so but what changed my mind was, was really two things one was unexpected reviews I had had a lot of reviews okay. that said can't wait for Liz's next book you know loved free of malice can't wait for the next one and I kept thinking well I, I hope you read it slowly and savored <laughs> it because there's, there's not a next one um, and then I met uh, a specific woman Jennifer Ross at a book club and she was at the time, a, a, I think she was a detective. She was captain because she went to, she was lieutenant and went to captain, but she was at a book club and she invited me to take the rad class, which was the self-defense class. And I thought, well, that could be an interesting topic, cornerstone for my next book. So when I went to the book club and everybody was, you know, clamoring that they liked it and wanted another book. And then I had something I could sink my teeth into for the next topic. Um, and I had a resource that would help me that, that made me think about it. And the, the, the ones after have come easier. Each one that I've written, has been easier than the one before. And part of it, you, you learn techniques, you learn how long it needs to be. Like don't overwrite it usually 80 to 90,000 words. Right. So I don't, Free of Malice was 120,000 and I had to cut. Now I don't, I don't go past 80. So those types of things you learn, but I, it was the reviews. And it's, it, authors will tell you, we never get tired of a good review. Right. Because you don't know if your baby's ugly. You, right. think, it, you think your baby's pretty till some days you read it and you're like, yeah. And then some days you read it and you're like, oh man, that was good. And, uh, right. but you don't know. And so when other people tell you that's very validating. Yeah. Yeah. I lo- yeah. That's, I mean, it's, we all want to hear on everything that we do, that we're, <laughs> true. That we're doing, we're true, doing true. a good job. True. So, so yeah. And that, that's one of the great things about books. I think, um, especially like on Amazon and the different sites is you do have such an opportunity to hear back from, from your readers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not always great. But, but the, the good reviews are, are very, um, fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I use beta readers after my content. Okay. Edit. I do. I use beta readers and I don't really keep the ones that say I loved it. It was great. Like I, I want the ones that tell me what was missing, what, what yeah. didn't work, what, what wasn't realistic. Every, she wore the wrong outfit to that certain location to, to, 
I needed more from this character. So I, a good content editor is, this is the best you can ask for, but then just beta readers who will give you constructive criticism is very yeah. helpful. And I tell oh, them, yeah. tell me now, well, I can right. still fix it. Don't tell me when it's published and I'm getting right. the same, yeah, same reviews, right? So, Right, right. So how have you handled um, this being kind of a, I mean, I don't want to say it's a hobby because you have, you've been successful at it, but, um, but you do have other things. You, you do have um, a job job. You have, you know, we all have other responsibilities. So how do you handle a very, such a very creative thing that you're doing and something that, that does take a lot of time and a lot of energy while you have these other responsibilities? It comes kind of like a sine wave. Um, when I, when I was writing, well, I, I took time off for free of malice for mm -hmm. plea for justice and shades of silence. I was consulting. And so I could do a consulting project, you know, earn some money, take a break and then do some. So I, I had the type of job where you didn't have to be there five days a week, you know, all day long. I could do a, a chunk of work, stop, write and write the book. And that's actually what happened with the one I just wrote is uh, I was working pretty much full time uh, until June of last year. And then um, that project stopped. And so I was able to take six months and write. So and now I'm back at helping with the startup. So it's I kind of jump in and out of work. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. I find it very hard. I mean, it's it's almost impossible if you've worked a full day to come home and yep. be creative. So I, I need my creative time. I need I need my days. And it's yeah. the time, but it's more the energy. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, it, I think that's one of the challenges that a lot of people who were trying to write, whatever they're trying to write, um, run into is is finding the time and the energy to be able to get focused enough to and there's a continuity too like when I was right. trying to write the first one it's I would spend Saturday rereading what I'd written so I could write more on Sunday so there's for me I need to keep the continuity of yeah. what I've been writing and when you when you have to chop got some too many other things interfering I find it more frustrating yeah and, and just wait till I know I'm gonna have a quiet block of time and I know it's Six, a six month block of time could get me through a book. Now, I don't put a book out every year. I, that's just, when I retire full time, maybe I will. But, uh, you know, I, I can make it about every two years to get a book out. Okay. All right. So just a couple more questions. Um, I appreciate your time. I appreciate what you've been been able to share with the audience. I think it's great information. And I think, I think, um, a lot of people will get, will get a lot of good stuff out of this, but what have you enjoyed the most out of, out of this process? A couple, a couple things. You're asking great questions. You know, this, this is a really fun podcast. It's, it's been the creative process of like putting a puzzle together. To me, the book is a puzzle and it's a big puzzle. It's an 80,000 right. word puzzle. So it's the putting it together has been, is fun. So I enjoy the creative part of writing. Um, I've enjoyed the people I've met, whether it's been other authors who we, where we commiserate together, this crazy business, you know, there's almost a million books a year published, if not more, it depends on the right. statistics you look at. And so it's a very competitive environment. So just 
to talk to other authors. Um, I've enjoyed the fans that I've met. I mean, I have some great super fans. Some, some I've actually named characters for to thank them. Um, so just even be able to name characters is fun because I, I can give a nod to someone I like or, you know, want to, like my third, third book, I combined two women's names that I admire to make one character's name. Um, so I, I do that a lot. So just, just the, if the freedom to do so much with it and the people you get to meet. Nice. Nice. So what's next for you? What do you, what do you, do you have anything? You did mention a fourth book. Um, so what, you know, what else do you have going on? Well, I, I took Shades of Silence and turned it into a screenplay because so many people would tell me your book should be movies. And I'm like, well, thank you, but I'm, I'm not Steven Spielberg. Or like, I can't, I can't snap my fingers and there's the movie. But I thought, well, I can at least create, write a screenplay, which is a whole different process. It's a different format. It's, you know, you have to take a 300 page book down to 120 pages. Right. But I have done the screenplay. I, I am going to a conference in New York in May where I'm going to pitch it. Um, okay. A couple of folks. The fourth book is through the first content edit. Um, I've got to get it to the beta readers. So I've got to take it through its process. Um, so the fourth book will be coming out. I can't say when, but um, I have no clue what the fifth book is. I mean, like you said, it's probably there, but um, I have to get sparked with who the characters are going to be and right. what, what the story will be. And this is the one I'm doing right now. I'm like, how am I going to top it? Like each one I actually think is better than the last. So I'm yeah. a little worried about how am I going to top the one I just did, but. I'm sure you'll find, you'll find a way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's hope <laughs> you, you, you never, I mean, I, I like that my reviews keep getting better, right? You know, you never want to like, I love that. You, know, yeah. you, you want your sophomore effort to, to tank, but so far they haven't. Right. Right. Well, thank you so much. One last question. I always ask this question to readers because I'm always fascinated by the answers. Um, what are the, a book or our books that you have found inspiring yourself? Or, you know, anything that you want to recommend to the readers? Because I always say, if you're going to be a writer, you got to read. You got to see what other people are writing about. Well, and read, I do a ton of audiobooks because I travel a fair right. amount. So I, I do a lot of audiobooks. Although I will tell you, I think I comprehend more when I read versus listen. But I still do a lot of audiobooks. Uh, one of my favorite authors, and I got to meet her, is K.J. Howe. She, um, okay. she writes, I call it like the female James Bond she does fantastic ah. research, riveting stories. Um, Skyjack was her first book. And she's just such a gracious mentor. So not only did I love her writing, but then when I got to meet her, I found out what a helpful mentor she's been as an author. So she's a she's my favorite author. My, I'm reading right now a Prince Harry's book. Oh. Really listening to, um, which is quite long. It's 15 hours audio book. But you made me think about it when you talked about catharsis, because I know that had to be cathartic, hearing what he went through um, had to be cathartic. And I don't think he meant to be too critical to the family. It, it, he is, but I don't think he meant to be. He just needed to get his story out. And I right. understand that. Right. Well, and I also believe that we have to we have to take our own path. And sometimes it does involve having to, you know, kind of say your truth. Mm -hmm. So, and so 
you know, not everybody likes it, but you have to, you know, sometimes that's what you have to do. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing um, the authors. I've not heard of, of the one, what was her name? Um, KJ Howe. Her name's Kimberly, but her. Okay. Her, yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Um, really, really dynamic, tons of research. Um, just, and I like seeing if a female who gets to be the, uh, the lead character and yes. the, the strong character. She's absolutely. This, and it's a series. There's this two parts. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I will definitely check that out. Um, for the audience, we will put links in the show notes so you can get to, uh, to Liz's books. Uh, and can can access those and and purchase them, and you know please reach out. You know there's there's lots of ways you can reach out. That information will be in the show notes as well, LinkedIn website. Uh, so I would love to hear from you. Would love to hear about any topics that you would like to hear from our guest. Would love to hear you know what you think about the podcast as well. So. I appreciate you joining us today and, and listening as Liz shared some great information. And until next time, this has been The Author's Way. Hey there. Um, I am really excited that you chose to join us today. We're doing a little bit something different. I know that a lot of the books that we've talked about have been nonfiction, um, although we've had a couple of, a uh, couple of memoirs, a couple of, um, couple of children's um, fiction books, but today we're going to be talking to Liz Lazarus. She is a writer of thrillers, so we're going to talk a little bit about the process that we use. I do get a lot of questions about, uh, about writing fiction, so she's going to be able to answer Fiction is not my expertise, but she's going to be able to answer some of those questions for us. She's going to talk about her process for publishing, um, how she gets the content created for her books while she's working um, and, you know, kind of living her life. And so, so it's going to be a great conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. So um, enjoy the conversation and I'd love to hear from you. Thanks.